Thanks for listening to Leadership Level Up. I'm Brian Prairie. And I'm Dr. Jeff Williamson. I am just starting my leadership journey. And I've been guiding leaders for 30 years. Our podcast aims to shine a spotlight on outstanding leaders and provide a platform for them to describe their leadership journey and share the guiding principles that have helped them become great leaders. Welcome to Leadership Level Up. I'm your host, Jeff Williamson, and I'm excited today to have a friend with me who I have talked to several times before, but before I officially welcome him, I want to tell you about some of the cool things that he has done. Uh, Donnie Bedney, our guest today, has made it his personal mission to drive change through people. He's the president of PSP Metrics, a talent assessment company that he acquired at the end of 2020. Founded in 1946, PSP Metrics provides highly innovative and science-backed solutions in employee selection and development. Donnie's also currently an operating partner at Scaleco Management, an investment-based platform that aims to provide sustainable growth for profitable companies that have plateaued. Through his career, he's achieved extensive experience in consulting, human resources, healthcare, private equity, just to name a few. Uh, in a previous role as the chief human capital strategist of DumaWorks, he was selected to participate in a U.S. Africa initiative. Can't wait to hear about that. Wherein U.S. business leaders were placed in prominent African companies. Through this, he was able to serve as a chief operating officer for a technology startup in Kenya. In his previous role, he was also a consultant at the Gallup organization. And y'all know I am all about strengths and love talking anything about human development and people growth. And Donnie, you live in that space all the time. So officially, welcome to Leadership Level Up. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I'm, I'm excited. And, uh, as you and I you know, kind of spoke up offline and otherwise, we can talk, my friends. Oh, so man. whenever I can get the opportunity to uh, spend a dedicated amount of time uh, talking to you, I always take a lot away from our conversations. And Same uh, I'm sure uh, my, my hope is that your leaders, uh, well, the leaders who are listening <laughs> to this podcast will uh, take take something away that they can use. And I also meant to give a shout out to your podcast, Only Dream Big. That was really how our paths crossed was yeah. you were kind enough to have me on for uh, a couple of sessions on your yeah. podcast. Yeah. And uh, we were fast friends. So when we started doing our side of the thing, I said, I know a dude we have to have on. Because yeah, we had the they should definitely check out uh, that last episode we did together. Be yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we shared a, just a little bit with folks about your leadership roles, the, the different things that you have done professionally, and it is exciting and impressive. And, you know, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, actually, we'll talk quite a bit about that. And uh, <laughs> but I, I love to start with just kind of some. Uh, pieces of your story, uh, you know, who who were some people in your present or your past who you're like, man, they do leadership right, and here's some things I really observed and learned in them. What what would come to mind? Man, um, probably one of the first ones, man, that I I've been reflecting on a lot um, uh, as as my family and I are moving back to Cleveland would actually be my grandfather. Um, so. Um, my grandfather ran uh, uh, a men's locker room, actually, at, um, at Shaker Heights Country Club for 40 plus years. And, um, you know, it, honestly, probably one of the best uh, leaders that I've ever had the opportunity to witness. Um, you know, keys there were, you know, just 
uh, a level of authenticity. Um, he was a gentleman that, you know, woke up every single morning and, and, you know, said every day is a good day. Right. So I think some of that uh, positive and growth mindset, mm. um, you know, was a really big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, he also really, really genuinely cared about people. Mm. Um, and he led with that mm-hmm. um, to the point where uh, he never really like and, and still to this day at uh, 85, 86 years old. Um, wow. you know, doesn't forget a name, a face, the last conversation, you know, that you had, he has this unbelievable ability to just lock in and be present with yeah, whoever he was speaking with at that time. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it literally has endeared him to folks oh, over the years. Of course. Um, I want to grow up because to be like you that. get to do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. unbelievable, man. So I, 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 I started working with my grandfather right after I, I graduated eighth grade and um, it, that's how I paid to go to private school in high school. So um, it just turned into, and he, he still, you know, is, is truly more like a father to me, but, you know, has, has been just an unbelievable example uh, of leadership. Um, and, uh, you know, so it just top of mind, that's one of the yeah. first people you that didn't comes have to, to look far it. for a great example. Yeah, yeah of, absolutely. Of uh, service and kindness and respect and, yeah. And as you mentioned, just to see people and to lock in, mm-hmm. people know if we are or if we are yeah. not pretty quickly. Man, and that, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, so man. endearing, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. So he's in his 80s. Wow. Yeah, yeah. God bless yeah, him. Him. And my, him and my grandmother, man. They are, I just that's saw terrific. him last night, funny enough. So oh. this this move to Cleveland is kind of a return home, if you yeah. will, and, and uh, just getting a chance to you know, see them, uh, and, and, you know, reach out and, and physically. So they live pretty close to where you guys will be when the family gets settled. Yeah. Yeah. About yeah. 15 minutes or so max. Even so, better. It's great. Yeah. Wow. It's really great. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's great when you don't have to look far to, to yeah, see absolutely. some heroes, some people that, yeah. that know how to engage and love mm-hmm. other people. And mm-hmm. that's, that's in your bloodline. That's in your DNA. And I, I can see that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'd love to meet him sometime. Uh, good hey, friend man, of mine. We can figure it out. Yeah, a good friend of mine uh, uh, attended his wedding last summer, and he had always talked about his pops, just mm-hmm. a huge it factor in his life. And I got to meet mm-hmm. him, and it, it, so same goes for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, we'll we need to that. make that happen. That'd be cool. He's a legacy for it. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, next time you're in Cleveland, we will uh, we'll get together. It could happen. I get to Ohio now and then. So you have that great experience with your grandpa and you yeah. start working with him as a young teen and, yeah. uh, and About 13 or so. Yeah. Wow. Did you do that through junior high, high school or just a couple of years or what did that look I like? Did it, I did it. I did it all the way. The last summer I, I, I worked at the country club was the mm-hmm. summer right after my freshman year of college. Great. Uh, it's great. how it, so yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So you were schooled by, by your sweet grandpa on uh, yeah, on how to connect and how to engage. So of yeah, course yeah, yeah. you you bring that with you, right? Mm-hmm. You, you go into to college and then your profession and and you bring yeah, that yeah. with you. So mm-hmm. uh, what, what? How did you convert that knowledge and that observation of of your hero grandpa to say, mm-hmm. okay, I can do that in my work too. I can bring that to yeah, work yeah. and show that joy and that. 
hey, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, how did you bring that with you? Yeah. Well, I think, I think, you know, in a funny way, and you kind of read this, um, but when I coined this term of driving change through people, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was an epiphany that I had, uh, uh, you know, a while ago, Jeff, where, um, you know, I, I truly believe that human capital is the, the most valuable asset that any organization has. And so, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people want to, you know, choose what, you know, metrics or, sure. you know, KPIs that they want to focus on. But the reality is the, to me, the organizations that get the people aspect, right. Mm. win, And I, and I think that they will win, uh, even more, um, you know, coming out of this black swan event that we were all blessed to, you know, make it through. Right. Um, You framed that so so gently. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, but I, but I believe that, right. So, Mm. you know, if, 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 any of our listeners have, you know, studied kind of black swan events, what do we see, mm-hmm. right? A, a significant increase in innovation, creativity, and speed of change, right? Whether so, we liked it or not. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You know, ha- how many people remember that remote work, you know, has always been a thing, but until the world shuts down with a global pandemic, organizations don't do it. Yeah. And now, of course, we're, you know, experiencing like, you know, this new reality of hybrid work and a lot of leaders are, Mm -hmm. you know, candidly kind of fighting against it. Right. Um, You know, I I read a new article, you know, every other day, it feels like now where organizations are pushing people back into the office, right? Um, Right. We have to know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, all of that. And so I think that... um, you know, one of the things that I, I was t- to also directly answer your question, um, you know, I think applying and, and just understanding that um, getting to know people, um, you know, doing my best to be uh, my authentic self and show up in a way that um, I believe is unique uh, because there's 8 billion people in the world and only one Donnie Bendy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I believe that, you know, if I can do everything I can to, you know, show up in that authentic way, then I get the ability to kind of free up other people to do the same. Um, you know, people that work uh, for me, people that work with me. Um, it also candidly gives uh, me an appreciation that everyone else in, in rooms or podcast or, you know, that, that they all have a unique worldview um, and perspective that can add value to anything that we're doing. Um, and so I, I do my best to, to be open, um, to kind of receiving that feedback, to asking, you know, additional questions, um, you know, and, and asking questions from the perspective of understanding as opposed to simply answer or to respond. Right. Um, and, and take the time to listen, you know, once again, to understand as opposed to simply respond. So with what you were describing and the struggle that companies are having, especially those who are saying, nope, you got to be back. Um, Mm -hmm. We need to see you in your chair, in your cube, in your office for us to feel like you can be productive. Um, Yeah. So... Um, you know, that's a big struggle. I mean, I'm a dad with, uh, you know, two daughters in their twenties and a son who's 31 and, uh, two of those three have been working remotely, uh, for extended periods. I'm not just because of COVID. Uh, and I, they're both pretty much like if any, if they tell me I have to go back to the office in five days, uh, a week set up, 
I quit. I'll give them my two yeah, weeks yeah. notice. I'm not going to do it. After I've done sure. this, I know the benefits. I know the risks. And I'm not going back to my cube. So if, yeah, I, yeah. if they say that, I'm turning in my two weeks. And mm-hmm. I know they're not alone. Yeah. 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 What a hand I think, man. That, yeah. What's your it, read been and the, the environment? Because yeah. you were closely with engaging people and, yeah. and employee retention. And uh, it, it's a big piece there. Yeah, and we're we're talking about leadership largely today, yeah, right? And so I absolutely. think I think that you know it, it's it's such an interesting time, my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I you know there's going to be case studies about this, you know, about these years, um, you know, twenty through I think at least twenty five, um, but definitely through the rest of this year because you know we're seeing a lot of organizations struggle with it and. Yeah. I think at least for the rest of this decade, it's still going to be a challenge because you have so many, we were talking about generational differences prior to, um, you know, global pandemic. And I think that they're just uh, being exacerbated right now. Right. And so, you know, particularly baby boomers, I I think are struggling, um, you know, with just the variation of kind of how they came up from a career perspective Mm -hmm. and, you know, what, uh, you know, Gen X, you know, especially older Gen Xs are probably closer to baby boomers, similar to how mm-hmm. younger mm-hmm. Gen Xers, while they don't want to admit uh, that they're probably a lot closer to millennials than, you know, than they would care to admit. Um, I, I have some colleagues and close friends who you know are claiming to be, uh, what's the term, X, ex-zennials. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess it's that crossover or it's you know, like whatever. the new I'm model. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> right. Like just come on, man. Like, it, you know, but, but that's because of this supposed disconnect away mm-hmm. from millennials who mm-hmm. apparently, you know, are, are unique and nobody really knows what Gen Z, you know, we're just starting to experience Gen Z a little more. Yeah. And so it, where I was going with that is that, you know, we, we find a bunch of, um, you know, we once again had generational differences in the way people were managed and all of that, right? It was a lot more of, I don't want to say we were, you know, kind of fresh off of the assembly line, right? But it yeah. was more like, hey, you clock in at this time, you work here, you yeah. at the same place for forever, you'll you'll retire with your pension plan, right? That's and, some, you know, that that's embedded mindset. Be, yeah, right? that was like, embedded. We are here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Company, mm-hmm. we're loyal to the company. The company is loyal to us, right? Yep. Yep. Um, you know, you start seeing those shifts over the years. Mm-hmm. And and I think that, you know, you, you end up finding that, you know, some of these generations now, and candidly, even, even older, you know, folks, mm-hmm. right? I, you know, I live at still consider the Boston area home because my family is still there, right? And so where my family is, that's where my home is. Um and, you know, I know for a fact that, you know, people it, at times it's taking, you know, folks anywhere from an hour to potentially two hours to get in in mm-hmm. the morning and that same Crazy. amount of time going back home. Right. Yeah. And so it, it's almost counterintuitive, but I haven't heard many workers calling out organizations to say, look, me working from home is actually saving you four hours in productivity. Like I could be productive for these four right. hours as opposed to yeah. in traffic. Not yeah. to mention, you know, these impacts now that we're, you know, people are starting to study things around stress and you mm-hmm. know, overall well-being. And, you know, what yeah. do those things do to you, um, you know, going forward? And so I, I believe that some organizations are, are doing an excellent job of just, once again, listening to understand 
I think that there, I'm not sure that there's great data, um, you know, to even judge productivity candidly. Um, you know, I don't know, like, what are people looking at? Are you looking at keystrokes or, you know, are they measuring the amount of time we're on Zoom? Um, you know, I've been a part of organizations where they want everybody to share their calendars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, depending on your role, do you always have meetings on your calendar, right? Or do you just get to a point where, you know, counterintuitively, people just start blocking off extended periods of time and right. labeling it something? And so mm-hmm. does that mean that they're being more productive or does it mean that, you know, we're just getting into these kind of perfunctory, mm. you know, kind of habits yeah. and people just begin checking the box. And so uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure of the answer, Jeff, but, but what, what I am a thousand percent sure of and would, would actually be willing to bet all of my future earnings on is that organizations that are willing to uh, have conversations with their current employees about what their needs are, um, you know, a little bit more and, and and listen from the perspective of understanding, not simply to respond, but literally to understand the perspective of those folks, um, I believe will be significantly farther ahead than organizations who um, don't ask their employees at all. Um, have always managed this way. And so, you know, are going back to quote unquote, the way that they've always managed. Um, I think that they're going to, I think that they're going to find themselves in in a lot of trouble Mm -hmm. um, attempting to do, you know, what feels comfortable for them. um, Because I, I'm not convinced that they are actually holding up a mirror and, and in a funny way, like telling themselves the truth. I think that they're, almost looking into a mirage and, you know, somehow believing that by people coming back to the office and being able to physically see them, mm. that somehow their organization will be better. Uh, right. And I'm just not convinced that that is true. Yeah. No, I'm not either. And, and I say this with tongue in cheek, but it's like, well, mm-hmm. we were a hundred percent productive when we were all in one building or two buildings, right? There was no wasted time. No, no loss okay. of productivity there. So, so or, hilarious. Or was there? <laughs> old, old terms, you know. Mm. What, what, are, what are the conversations around the water cooler? Mm. Should we should we continue going back and forth with additional office slang? Yeah. What yeah. What is that really? Right. Yeah. How many yeah. times? How many times did somebody stop by your office just to chat about something, and then you end up talking about something? You know, the game mm-hmm. last night, or you know, yeah. whatever else. And so, half hour later, you know, nobody's <laughs> nobody's tracking. No, that lost productivity. No, because I'm in the office. (laughs) You know, but what are you doing? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and and you you would know this well because you you do this arguably, you know, more than me. But, you know, how many studies have come out, you know, over the years, technically, um, you know, around things like. Okay, well, let's let's just educate some of our listeners. They probably already know it because they're, they're probably better, better educated than me at least, but, um, the 40 hour work week, right? right? How many times did we, uh, you know, I saw, I saw, um, kind of like a chart mm-hmm. and somebody was talking about, um, you know, give a hundred percent at work. Right. And I believe that most organizations believe that that's 40 hours plus a week. Right. Mm-hmm. 
But this chart, when it talks about giving 100 percent at work, actually showed it was kind of a joke, but it was showing, Mm -hmm. you know, effectively the productivity of how an employee would view that. And so it's something like my numbers, my math isn't going to be great on this, but we're just going to we're going to roll with it. It was something like 10 percent on Monday. Mm -hmm. Right. 20 percent on Tuesday. Right. 40 percent on Wednesday. All right. So what are we at? 70 percent. Yeah. 20 percent on Thursday and 10 percent on Friday. Right? So you're getting your 100%. That's your 100%. But once again, from a productivity perspective, how many folks are taking a project that with focused effort may take two to four hours right? and simply spreading it out over like two to four weeks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I need to be working on something, yeah. right? Because yeah. the reward of completing these things is just more work. Yeah, yeah. Right. So once again, I think from a leader perspective, God willing, um, you know, folks will continue to. Once again, talk to your people and Mm -hmm. and listen from the perspective of understanding, but also have a curiosity to call into question. Once again, some of these metrics and more so mindset around productivity and other things that historically we've always thought like at every, you know, it's always this way. Well, is it? I challenge you as you're listening today and and you're listening to Jeff and my conversation, like begin to challenge some of those things because while, while there are people who report to you, maybe people that you report to who are willing to swear that like these things are true and they're absolutely true. And, and, and almost completely infallible, I would, I would propose to you that there are ways of thinking about productivity and even leadership that are antiquated. Maybe they were true at some point, or candidly, they may have never been true, but they were just a way that, you know, people, you know, based on the time, based on the assembly line, right? Putting out Model Ts based on whatever, whatever the the, the time period called for. Um, that that fundamentally are just not true. Uh, and I would encourage you to continue to uh, question, uh, you know, some of those things. Once again, not from the perspective of simply being adversarial, right? But from the perspective of truly understanding. And also beginning to think about what what is the end result that we actually want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If the goal is project based work, and someone that you you've decided to pay for forty hours a week, if that's how you judge their salary or whatever else, are you paying them to simply work forty hours a week because they're a salaried employee? They're not hourly, um, or are you paying them for the level of expertise? And the effectiveness that they bring to work on a weekly basis and daily basis, because if they get that same work done in three days, as opposed to five, do you care if they come in Thursday or Friday, or maybe they're just your friend and you want to hang out? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. because if we're focused on outcomes, if we're focused on uh, deliverables or any of those Mm -hmm. kind of buzzwords that are out there. Uh, mm-hmm. As long as we get those things that we require, request, or need from that team member, mm-hmm. you know, it, who cares, right? Uh, because sometimes you'll have cases where someone could really get something done in two or three days and they take five to yeah. six because they just 
feel like they can or that they're not accountable all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. because the accountability and then the, what we're delivering is maybe mm-hmm. not as easily measured. It's like going back to your comment where you said, I'm not sure how effectively we measure productivity even in the mm-hmm. past or especially in kind of this new normal that we're living in. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, and and to be fair, on you know we we've talked about leaders that are pressing their employees mm-hmm. to do certain things or to to not want to modify what used to work. It's also been a tough time for leaders because uh, oh my gosh, you know yeah, it just it, there there was no onboarding really. Mm-hmm. There was no preparation to say okay, if yeah. we have to go remote with 24 hours notice, you know, let's do a run through. You know, like when we were kids doing, <laughs> you know, fire drills, we had, fire all, drills, yeah. had to run we'll out of the building, the meet yeah. up at the at the swings and yeah. you know, wait till our teacher said it's safe to go in. Yeah. We, so so I do have uh, empathy and compassion for leaders that were like I was hit with this and 10 employees mm-hmm. and we didn't have computers for everybody. And I yeah. had to think fast yeah. and it, mm-hmm. it was tough. So, so, yeah. uh, so leaders, that's, that's my love back to you is, is we yeah. don't think that it's just this one-sided thing where uh, your employees are, are needing a lot and you just have to flex. I think Donnie, your At point all. was the best was talk to them, listen to mm-hmm. them. They may help us, figure out some things that make our work mm-hmm. better. They may help us yeah. figure out some things that make our work more meaningful because yeah. whether it's efficiencies or new models or new mm-hmm. offerings, it has a potential. And I know you see yeah. this and uh, yeah. it's like, we have a chance to really figure out some new models and some exciting new opportunities we never had to think about. And then we come yeah. out of the last two plus years and we're thinking, Okay, some of the stuff that we really were forced into yeah. turned out okay, and we're going to keep some of that. We're going to keep some of those practices and approaches yeah. um, because we learned some things through this mm-hmm. trial that um, we can be effective in multiple places. We can mix things mm-hmm. differently and have engaged employees who love their work but aren't just warming a chair to determine yeah. uh, their val- <laughs> their perceived yeah. value to us. And 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 just to continue shouting out our leaders, man. I mean, you know, being a leader is is not to uh is not for the faint of heart. Exactly. Right? Um, you know, we can acknowledge that a lot of organizations simply there's a lot of folks probably listening to this podcast who technically never chose to be a leader. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe didn't even wake up to, you know, be a leader. They were a phenomenal individual contributor and and their reward for doing that was somebody said, Hey, you should be a leader. And right? they were thrust and, and into I, it sometimes. And yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And and that is challenging in and of itself because you go from, you know, working with peers to now having to figure out how to manage them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's a challenge, right? And so um, you know, even in my own life, just you know, growing as a leader. Um, you know, there, there are some hard lessons, um, you know, both around accountability, you know, the, the, you know, being willing to make decisions that, uh, candidly other people may not, uh, agree with. Right. Um, and I, and I was reading this book the other day, um, was it scaling up, I think by Vern Harnish. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things in the people section that they talk about is there's, there's three types of people in an organization. Right. So there's people that are accountable. Right. 
And sometimes those people, you know, with accountability have some sort of authority, right? But then there's the people with ultimate authority, which may be, you know, some of our listeners, right? You may be CEO, president, you know, buck stops with you, right? You got the ultimate authority. Um, And then the third is who's responsible. And technically, everyone that's working for the organization is responsible for the success of the organization, right? Um, But thinking through that, and, you know, now as a leader, you are held accountable for something, right? Once again, whether or not, you know, especially if you're a frontline leader or even mid-level manager, you may not necessarily have the authority to actually change directly for the people who report to you, any of these situations. But I encourage you to have the courage to go to those people with the ultimate authority and hold them accountable and and share with them, once again, as you're thinking about the ultimate outcomes, which, which Jeff just referenced, you know, hey, if we make these changes, I believe that we can be more effective at hitting our outcomes, right? Because I also believe there's a, 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 one of the challenges as a leader is, yeah, do we want to make things more efficient? Absolutely. But I, I ultimately believe that effectiveness is kind of, you know, how can we help our team be more effective at what they do? Because efficiency has a lot more to do with time mm-hmm. as opposed to, once again, like completing the outcome and, yeah. and doing it in the best way that's both, uh, I'll say, profitable for our business, mm-hmm. um, you know, helpful to our client partners who we serve, right? All of those things. And once again, reminders that, you know, as you're talking to the people who report to you that we are all in this together, we are all responsible for the success of the organization. Mm-hmm. Well, I have one more question for you here in our last minute or two before I let you go. Um, I do a lot of work with 20-somethings. I just refer to that age range because then we don't have to get like, well, are you actually a Gen Z or are you millennial? 20-somethings. That's my general term. So I I do a lot of work, uh, have a lot of friends who are 20-somethings. And if if you were were having a cup of coffee with me and and one or two of them, what would be uh, kind of a, a parting word or two you would give to them to say, hey, you know, me and Jeff have been around the uh, the the track a few times, so we've learned a few mm-hmm. things. Here, here's a, here's a couple suggestions or or words of uh, of wisdom that I'd give to to my twenty something friends. What might that be? Three things that really popped into my head, man. Um, one is some advice that a mentor gave to me, you know, years ago. And uh, if if you work in an industry where um, you do have to be into the office. He, he, he said this to me, he said, you need to make sure that you get in at least an hour before the person you report to mm. and stay at least an hour after they leave. Mm. And he said, I guarantee you not, not once again, not, not simply for the exercise, but that that extra 60 minutes mm-hmm. each and every day, while it may not show up, uh, in the first week, the first month, mm-hmm. six months for the first year, mm-hmm. there's going to be a point where the people who joined this organization in the same leadership program and stuff like that, they're your peers. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a growing chasm mm-hmm. that, that begins to occur both mm-hmm. from your knowledge, both from, uh, once again, your effectiveness in your role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think just your overall expertise within whatever industry you are choosing to kind of pursue this career. And so mm-hmm. 
in encouragement there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, which is, you know, um, literally my podcast, it's, it's my statement, right? Only dream big. Yeah. Um, and, and what I would encourage these 20 somethings to do is I would, there's an exercise that I would encourage you to do. And people are going to say you're crazy. And so you don't have to share this with anybody, <laughs> but I want you to write down, um, a, a basically journal, uh, of your future self. And I want you to journal what your day is like from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. And this is future state, right? And mm-hmm. so I want you to work through like, you know, maybe you wake up, you meditate, you work out, you roll over and kiss your significant other, right? Mm-hmm. You're having breakfast with your family mm-hmm. and then go through the day and write out what you would be working on. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is fine. Like just mm-hmm. the types of projects, people, maybe you're mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, maybe you're a mm-hmm. senior level executive, maybe you're a coach, right? Mm-hmm. All the way until the, the end of the night as you're, you know, grateful for getting through your day, whatever, and, and write that out in detail. That's um, and then once you do that, then I'm actually going to encourage you to then do it one more time and dream even bigger than what mm. you just wrote down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I, I say that to you because I guarantee you that there are people living their lives in whatever the second way is that you end up writing down. And because they're living their lives in that way, you can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's the, that's the second oh, I love thing. That. Yeah. And then, and then the third piece uh, which I'm going to try and say without choking up. Life is far too short to do anything uh, or work for anyone or in an organization um, that you are not learning or earning, mm. candidly. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's OK. I would I would say it is OK to be in a place where you are earning a significant amount of money for a period of time mm-hmm. and not necessarily learning. Mm. Right. There may be some opportunities where, mm-hmm. hey, you're getting paid a stupid amount of money for you know, yeah. fresh out of college or anything else. Yeah. And you should save that and earn that. Tuck et cetera, it yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Tuck, tuck, it, it back. tuck it away. Because mm-hmm. as you're doing that, mm-hmm. that should give you more of a foundation and mm-hmm. a comfort to then go after what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. And and simultaneously on the learning side, there may be some opportunities where you say, hey, you know, look, I, I wanted to buy and sell companies. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to work in sports at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. I've done free internships. Mm-hmm. But the learning process of working for someone who you think you want to, you know, achieve what they've achieved or work mm-hmm. in the space that they want to work in. Mm-hmm. It's okay to also be in that space where mm-hmm. I'm just in the learning mode right now. I'm not mm-hmm. earning a lot of money, but I'm mm-hmm. learning what I believe it is that I want to, you know, pursue. That's and if you find, uh, if you find something that allows you to do both, then I would, suggest to you that you may have found your purpose learning and earning right. together mm-hmm. that can be powerful yeah powerful 
really wow. powerful, man. So those are those are three things that I would mm. uh, that I would share with those twenty somethings, and yeah. and because I'm a little selfish in this moment, I will say um, to all of the leaders that are listening to this, and anyone else who um, you know did, did someone cared about you enough to forward this episode to you, I want to tell you that if you're not in your twenties and you're in your thirties or you're in your 40s or your 50s yeah or 60s or 70s right mm-hmm. in insert age mm-hmm. all of those things that i just shared can still be applied to your life it's relative because it it's all relative man and mm-hmm. i um i've lost two people that i loved and admired mm-hmm. one of which was a best friend of mine passed away a month before his 33rd birthday. And this would have been mm. back in 2015. Mm. Super mm. healthy, energetic, see that coming. vibrant life, right? Mm. Never did. Mm-mm. And um, just earlier this week, lost uh, an uncle of mine mm. who, you know, 67 years old, um, relatively healthy compared to whatever a man that I love and admire, um, phenomenal, just example of a husband and a father and always had a joke in the, in, and actually just as I'm reflecting on him, like never complained or talked to me about any regrets hmm. that he had, right. You know, wow. worked in pharmaceutical sales, you know, yeah. for years and yeah. you know, did really well, you know, retired and, you know, we go on cruises and all, all these kind of things. Right. Um, and, and I'm saying that to say, whether you're retired now, whether you're not, if you're early in your career, if you're in the middle of your career, life, man, we, we could all sit back and say, look, maybe mm. <laughs> if, if I'm literally as I'm sitting here today, if I'm blessed to live as long as my uncle, mm. I got just about 27 years left. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Do I want to do I want to spend time doing, you know, working with people that I don't want to work with, mm. doing activities that yeah. I don't want to do? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. dr- dreading, no, literally starting on Saturday night, dreading yeah. Monday. Yeah. Right. Like that is not no what we're meant to be, you all. No. Right? no. So I encourage all our listeners and, and, you know, I know that was a little bit of an aside, but you know, that's just the energy Still I'm right now, Jeff. And I, and yeah. I think it's, I think it's so important. That's why I love, mm. you, know, I, you know, listening to you and hearing your wisdom, you know, when we were talking about, uh, you know, time, right. And, and how valuable time is, right. Yeah. That's as a leader, you know, mm. once again, there, there are so many things that you can achieve and candidly, there are thousands of lives that you have the ability to impact because yes. we know that that direct leader, when people report yeah. to you, that direct leader has such an impact mm-hmm. on everyone that they report to. And oh, by the way, mm-hmm. you're going to then impact those people's families, friends, and mm-hmm. everybody else that they're impacting. So like, yeah, yeah, it's accept that role, green big. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I literally I'm, I'm hoping uh, and praying that you're able to achieve all the things you want to achieve. Um, it's been unbelievable having a conversation with you today, man. And thank you and, so much. Uh, 
I hope that uh, this just it, at least touches one person um, yeah. because that it may be that person that ultimately impacts millions of lives. Uh, as yeah. yeah. Wow. There's a bunch of good stuff. If people, you want to level up your leadership, man, listen to this two or three times, take notes, write it down, make application of several of these things that Donnie shared with us. That's good stuff. So, uh, Thanks, man, for sharing. Love your heart and your yeah. insights. And it's always great to have you. Great to talk with you. We'll look forward to Thank the you. next time. Absolutely. Thanks for having Thanks. us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leadership Level Up. Please subscribe so you don't miss future conversations with great leaders.